Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? We're going to recap the weekend in sports because it was nuts. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. And now this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 371 coming hot at you guys and so 370. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Rock Disopolis, and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. And I have a question for you guys to start. Do we believe? Yeah, we do. Do you believe? I'm down five. He's got Mark Andrews, and I have Michael Pittman Jr. Doable or not doable? That is the question. I mean, it's doable, but I don't think it's likely. Um, you, think I'm in, you think I'm in trouble? Yes. Okay. Is it a PPR or a half-point PPR? PPR. I think that helps you. I think it helps me too. I don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, no. Is there bonuses for yards? No bonies. No No bonies. bonies. (laughs) What a boner league. I know what a boner. There's there's a lot in my other league. There's bonies. I don't even understand the scoring in my other league. There's so many bonies. Do you guys have any bony leagues? Uh, Yeah, uh, two of them. The one that we're in is ours. No, no bonies in ours. Well, my big league has got bonies, and it's great because I had Mike Will today, and he, he hit a big-time bony. I mean, dude, is he about to get paid? Did you guys, did you guys fifth-year him, or is he free agent after this year? Uh, he is a free agent after this year. Oh. So this is a contract year for him. <laughs> He's going to get paid so much money. He's so good. Dude, yeah, you, guys are, I mean, you guys are the best team in the division. Let's get into it. Let's get into it because I know, I know we have some takeaways and stuff. So we'll go around the horn like we did last weekend. I'll throw mine out first. Then we'll go to Nick. Then we'll go to Toss. Back to Toss. Toss threw a curveball last weekend and asked some questions, which outside the box, and we like that. And then back to Nick, and then I'll close that again. Um, Chargers are not mine, so I don't want to take that away from anyone just in case it was. Uh, glass time was a bit of a homer, but it's okay. We like that, and we had a blast. Here's my takeaway. Is it going to, is it, is Georgia the biggest lock? Like, is, is it even close? Is there a team that's even on the same wavelength as them, honestly? Because Bama loses to AM. And to be, to be frank, I think this is the weakest Bama team I've seen in, in God knows how long. I mean, Iowa is like number two. Like, what kind of weird world are we living in? Whether the number two team in the country. Hey, good for them though, right? I, I like to see all those teams kind of get some love. But yeah, I would say that this Georgia team, I mean, we've been saying it from the get-go that their their defense is so dominant. It's the best that we've seen in years. I'm not 
super sold on their offense, but hey, it doesn't really matter because they're still blowing teams out based off of keeping their their offense on the field because their defense is playing so well. So I think if they're far and away the number one team, is it a runaway for them to win the Natty? I don't know because anything could happen. You know, Bama could turn it on and have a good game. You can you can get a shootout with Oklahoma. You know, I'm not sure if they can keep up with them offensively. So you never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, they're clearly the number one team in football. Is speaking of Oklahoma, because like I think it was my two part. Because what I was going to say is I think if there is a team that can take them out, the Q, the QB change is huge. I mean, Spencer Rattler went from Heisman favorite, number one overall pick potential to like, is he going to be on BYU next year or Houston? Or like my, like, where is he going to like, seriously, where is he going to be? He's not going to be the quarterback for OU. I mean, that kid's incredible. That kid single-handedly pretty much won them the game with acrobatic throws, absurd runs. He's a total beast. He's right. like six, he's like six. God knows how tall he's so he's massive. Not surprised though. I mean, Caleb Williams was the number seven recruit in the nation. According to two, four, seven, he was, the number one dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. So he's a five-star. I mean, this is what people were expecting. He was the guy who was supposed to take over for Rattler and we just didn't know it'd be that soon. Yeah. It's pretty, he was, I honestly think he's a game. I said, Nick, I said to you during the game, like we just got to it. They literally did that. And I, I think it's, it's such a game changer for me that I actually think they could be the biggest threat with him at quarterback. I don't think that game was a fluke. I don't think there's going to be like a figure it out period where teams are going to kind of be able to figure him out. He was so poised. And like you saw it in their fan base. I mean, we're going to talk about it on our horns up podcast. We saw it in their fan base, like they were almost like not nervous at all. And the minute things started to go South for us, we were completely deflated. And that guy just took over the game and fed off the energy. Like he's been there a million times. And it was like his first real serious action. So I think they're the only team that can really knock Georgia off from what I've seen. Maybe Ohio state has that fluke game against Oregon and can spin it around, but I'm not fully sold on them. Penn state D's nuts, complete joke out on Cincinnati. I'm not dude. I don't, I am. Cause I think Notre Dame is just, I, I mean, they dude. Cincinnati had a tough time against Indiana and they blur. Like, they're not that good of a football team. What do they do? They blur. <laughs> they're not good, Beanie Baby. Um, for those who can't see Nick's rocking a beanie. Um, but that, my big takeaway, and kind of, I guess, a question is, is Georgia the clear-cut favorite? But I think we're all on the same page that they're not necessarily the clear-cut, but you know, blatant favorite, um, or blatant runaway, but they are the best team in college football. Yeah, well, I agree. We, we still, at this point, they they have to be right. They're yeah. undefeated. They're the best team in the SEC. They're the number one team in the country. Yeah. Hard to dispute that. But even though Alabama just dropped a game to a and and a game where they lost on a game losing field goal, yeah. they're also still the front runners of the SEC West. No one's going to catch them. They're going to yeah. end up in Atlanta playing Georgia for the SEC championship. Totes. And if they're not the best team, then they're the second best team. And they have as good a chance as, as anyone to beat Georgia. Now, that doesn't take Georgia out of the playoff. If Georgia wins out and then they lose to Alabama, they're still in that 14 playoff. But Bryce Young is, is a tremendous talent. And what they have on the offensive side of the ball with Brian Robinson and James Williams and, and Mechie, I mean, Mechie didn't even have that great of a game. But that team is dynamic. 
they were down yeah. big and they came back. And I, I, I thought they were going to win that game. It's unfortunate for Bama. Of course, they lose to AM because they, if where they were to go to the conference championship game, as you mentioned against Georgia, and they were to lose, they have that cushion, right? They could still make the playoff. Now they lose to Georgia, they're not making the playoff. I mean, yeah. they have to beat Georgia in the conference championship game. So you don't really have, you know, that cushion that you had before, but. Same thing could happen with Georgia. I mean, obviously, we're, we're saying right now they're the best team, but if they drop a game, too, I mean, that's going to be really interesting. One of those teams is going to end up going. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't really. expect this to happen, but they play number 11 Kentucky next week. So that's an undefeated team. We'll, we'll see it. We'll see what they're what they're like when they that have, you know, when they get tested. Bonkers. How would you if, if they, that would be bonkers? It's in Athens, too. So that would be super crazy. I mean, honestly, like if if Sarkeesian didn't absolutely queef Jenkins in the fourth quarter, we would be in. We would have been in somewhat. We probably would in top fifteen team, some decent shape to maybe make a run. Yeah, make a run. It's pretty unfortunate, but it's we're still ranked at number twenty-five. Uh, college football, though, parity is great. Difference is great. I'm glad. I'm kind of. I'm just. I know it was a And M, but I'm happy Bama lost. Like I was getting, it was getting old and stale, and honestly, bad for the sport for them to just keep pouncing on teams. Nick, big takeaway for you. Um. I mean, I'm just going to stick with the the Homer edition of our Please. show because, look, this was probably the most exciting weekend of football I have seen in a very, very long time, maybe ever. First of all, we start off with going to the Texas game, right? And that was a whirlwind of emotions. We just kind of touched on that a little bit. But a similar game happened with my team on Sunday, the Chargers playing against the Browns. And it looked like it was that same type of battle where they were going back and forth, right? And it's so chargers for them to, you know, miss the extra point at the end there. And let's say they end up losing that game. That would have been a typical chargers loss, mm. but I think that this team has really turned the page. And it, I mean, they look like the top dog in the whole AFC right now, not even just the AFC West. I mean, yeah, you got the bills that just knocked, knocked off the chiefs, but the only loss the chargers suffered was against the Cowboys. And they look to be also very dangerous in the NFC. Maybe the best team in the NFC. I know the, the Cardinals are undefeated, but at the same time, yeah, are we are we super excited about the Cardinals? I'm still not sold. Now, the Chargers, I think that Herbert, right now as it stands, is the front runner for the MVP. He's been playing some clean football. He's been protecting the ball. He's getting guys like Mike Will so much attention that he didn't have in years before. And yeah, I mean, he's playing a lot better. He's staying healthy, but he's spreading the ball out there and he's doing it with his feet. He's doing it with his arm. He's just a bleeder. I, I'm, I don't feel scared anymore. Like when we're down by a couple of touchdowns, like I'm, I'm pretty okay with them going into the fourth quarter down by a touchdown or, or 10 points. Cause I think that if you give him two drives, he'll score, which he did. Oh. So it's really interesting. You know, I mean, I think that, like I said, we've turned the page, but it also comes down to getting the right guy as your head coach. I think Staley is the right guy. Clearly one of the ballsiest coaches I've ever seen too. going for on fourth down. Like every time they had fourth down, they were going for it. It didn't matter what position they were in. It was like fourth and two, like on their own 30 or it was like fourth and four, like on their own 40, or it was like fourth and nine on like the other team's 40. Like they were still going for it no matter what. There was one drive where they went for two twice. They converted, they scored touchdown and then they go for a two point conversion. I texted you guys. I said, that's the ballsiest drive I've ever seen. They were 
alluding to the fact that he's an analytical guy where he looks at the stats, he wants to go by percentages and yeah, I could see that. But at the same time, I mean, if you're not converting those, like those are, those are people calling for your head, you know, because you're not playing the tra- tra- traditional football. Um, but I think this team is for real. I, they've, they've played enough people. It's not, it's not like they're playing bottom of the barrel teams. They're playing elite teams. Browns, they beat the Browns, they beat the chiefs. Yeah. They beat Washington, who's a pretty good team. Solid. They got, they got Baltimore next week. So, I mean, that's another true test. They're going to Baltimore. So, we'll see what they can do there, which I think they'll actually do well because they're playing against Lamar. And I think that defense is built more for more athletic, speedy guys. I think that they were, the game was so close against Cleveland because those running backs just run it down your throat. And I, we're the dead last in, in run defense. I don't mm-hmm. think our team is built to, to stop running backs, but. Running quarterbacks, maybe. We'll see. Um, I do think, though, that I just think the NFL has changed. The whole scape of the scope of the game has changed. I saw a lot in the Saints game, the football team, between those two teams, like going forward on fourth down. People have such a tough time stopping the pass and pass stopping the pass in short that I think it's, I think it's almost advantageous at times to go for it and keep the momentum of your offense out there. Well, whether especially if you have a quarterback, I can do it both if he can run. Yeah. Yeah, and he can throw the ball, right? Like you just pick a poison. Whether you're a quote unquote analytics coach or not, when you're presented with that cheat, right, with that particular percentage of whether or not you should go for it, punt, kick the field goal, whatever that decision is, the coach still has to make the call, right? Like yeah. there's still that added human element in there, and I don't believe <laughs> that the analytics told Staley to go for it on fourth and eight when they were in field goal range where Viscano would have kicked like under a 45 yarder. But you see that your kicker has missed a PAT earlier in the game. He's a rookie. You don't really trust him. Like you said, Nick, you're rolling with Herbert. Who's playing MVP caliber football right now. You know, you can't stop the Browns. You can't stop. You haven't been able to stop him the entire game. You got to go for the win. It's the same thing that they did against the chiefs, right? Instead of Instead of trying to run the clock down and kick the, the field goal at the end of the game, they, they went for the touchdown. So they, they throw that fourth and eight pass to Keenan Allen, they convert, then they score that touchdown. But yeah, I mean, I don't know about best team in the AFC just after watching that Sunday night game. That, that would be my one team that I would have to put ahead of the Chargers at this point in time. But they're definitely the best team in the AFC West. That's for sure. And also, I think the AFC West... At this point, my evaluation is that it's not the best conference or the best division in football. Yeah. yeah. I think the Broncos and Raiders are overrated and overhyped. First two weeks in, it looked like that, but it started to fall apart really quickly. I mean, both those teams are on two game losing streaks now. Yeah, and the Chiefs. Right. I mean, the Chiefs have some issues. I mean, that Bills team, the Bills team seems like they're a year ahead of the Chargers. Look at the stats of like how many guys they were were able to rotate in on the defensive line. Like nine dudes played over twenty snaps. It was it was wild. Yeah, it's like a great that, defense. That kind, and they're all athletic and versatile. And they're playing different positions in the defensive line. Let alone you know obviously rotating in and out. I mean, 
the weapons they have are dynamic. But Knox is kind of breaking out as a tight end. Like he's a beast this year. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders is just a great pickup for the Bills. Like another just savvy vet who knows how to get open and find his spots. Uh, I mean, and like it's not like I honestly think like Herb. I was I'll back Herbert up being the MVP because I don't think Allen's been the MVP. I think he's been good, but not spectacular. I haven't been wildly impressed with Josh Allen. The defense is what's really kind of you know got gotten them this far and gotten this credit, but coaching too. Coaching, I mean, McDermott's a great coach. We we know we've been saying that forever. But the Chargers are like a couple moments away from being five and zero, and I think that car. I do think that Cardinals team. I don't know how if we can necessarily trust them, but I do think they're dangerous. I would probably put them and the Chargers in the same plane of like if they don't do it this year, the next year will be the year because both those quarterbacks are phenomenal and they continue to make leaps and leaps. And and Kyler's a year ahead of Herbert for that matter. I mean Herbert is is something else. It's like the Mahomes effect, and you really said it well, Nick. Was like it's it just helps so much that when you're in the fourth quarter and you're down ten having a guy under center where you feel comfortable and like, okay, I'm not only am I still in this game, I actually have a good feeling that we could probably win this thing. The more he's had, the more he has to pass and throw the ball. Um, So I was happy for you, man. That Browns team is tough. Yeah. I also love, I also love that. Like a guy like that gets these type of wins very young, right? Like this is his second season. We're talking about, he's setting records like every single game that he plays but getting these really big games under your belt early is going to help you so much more in your career. Like mm. Drew Brees is already super impressed with the guy, but he's earning so much respect around the league. He's getting so much game experience. He's he's figuring out what it takes to win, and it's good that he's doing it in year two. Street cred is fat. Um, T, hit us with a back-to-back. Yeah, I was just going to... I was going to give you all my power rankings at this point. Let's go do it. I I made my power rankings before we hopped on at least my top five. And I, I will say I like Herbert as MVP. I wonder what the odds are. You'll have to check him today. Listener as you're listening to them. Cause I don't imagine that he's number one. He's probably close though. And if he's not number one, you should definitely take him because I think it's a great bet. Where were you definitely going to put up points? Uh, you would you would check it betonline.ag. That's where you would go to place the the bet for MVP future for the rest of the year in the NFL. Interesting. I think I I still think I like Brady a lot. Just he had an excellent day as well. Oh, I God. mean, God, yeah, he I was fantasy. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I started Herbert in fantasy. Anyone who had Brady or, or Herbert today was just elated with the performance i always have to make the decision of starting either brady or lamar in one of my leagues of them both and i was like brady's playing against the dolphins i'm starting brady (laughs) yeah it's a great pick who toss what was that thing you went who did you go before you give us your power rankings because i'm happy you did that who did you go against in one lineup in fantasy that was it was absurd i went against a guy who started tom brady who threw two touchdowns to mike evans he had nearly 30 (laughs) points he also, this is a full point PPR. He had Devontae uh, Adams and then he had Mike, he had Mike Will and he had Mike Will as well. Oh my God. So he had like the three of the top receivers in the NFL today and the top quarterback. Yeah. He almost had a it, perfect team. Who's running backs? Like just didn't even matter. I don't even, I don't remember. It didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like Chubb or Kamara. It was whoever, but yeah. they, they didn't matter at that point. Um, but I'll just give my power rankings. I have I have the Bills as one right now. Yeah, you love them. I don't always love them, but I think that their defense has taken that step forward. And, I'm with you. and while Allen hasn't 
been playing MVP caliber football the entire season. He has the past two weeks. Um, hey, and they're, they're I, the Super Bowl team. I don't know if you guys remember. That's right. That's right. I, it, it's so impressive that these teams that rise to the top, if they weren't already there, a lot of it is consistency. They've been there before. And then they add on those extra pieces, those supplementary pieces in the draft and they hit. I mean, we saw Rousseau get a deflected pass and an interception where that guy fell in the draft, but we knew what, ta- what his talent was. I mean, this guy was, he was one of the best defensive players in Miami and he was heralded as a top 10 defensive pick in the draft and he fell to them and, and they take advantage of that. And then you see Ed Oliver in his second season, what he's able to do on the front line. And then you look at a, a team like the Cowboys who I have in my power rankings as the fifth best team in the NFL digs in his second year, you Oof. know, DeMarcus Lawrence didn't even play like this is so important. CD lamb in his second year, you have to hit in the draft. It's so important with these guys, you know, that you're, that you're drafting in the first, second round and even deeper in the draft. But my power rankings are bills. One, Cardinals too, just because they're five and zero, and I think that the NFC West is really, really tough. Even a, a, a win against the 49ers to me is meaningful. Um, I have the Bucks three, the Rams four, and the Cowboys five, and then the Chargers. Would if be I six. continued, it would be six. Yeah, it, it may be the Ravens in there, depending on what they do tonight against the Colts. I expect them to win, and I think that team, despite the curveballs that they've been thrown, is actually it's a really good team. Um, but yeah, that that's my that's my first. T- you know, it's not really a takeaway. It's just kind of where things have settled for me after watching the Sunday night game, the chaos of Sunday, the chaos of Saturday. Nick, I agree with you. This is one of the best weekends in football I've ever seen. I mean, you had the Texas OU game, which obviously you know we have a personal stake in. But whether you do or you don't, that was an incredible game. The A and M Alabama game was an incredible game. So was Ole Miss Arkansas. That game yeah. came down to the wire. Notre Dame won against Virginia Tech at the end of the game. Like all of these games in college football were ridiculous. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you can't, you can't forget the Cincinnati Packers game today, which was absolutely absurd joke, which this is my, my second takeaway. It's, it's not enough nowadays in college football and the NFL to be able to kick a 70 yarder. It's not enough. If you want to go, and maintain a position as a kicker in the NFL. You know, I, I remember in 2016, I think there was like a video. I think the kid's name was like Brandon Ruiz or something like that. And it was like an Arizona practice, like high school football. And he kicks a 76 yarder or something like that. And it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to watch, but that's not what the sport is. The sport of kicking is it's, it's not just being able to kick a 60 plus yarder. I mean, there were 12 missed PATs today. That ties the record set in 2016. Those are valuable points that are left on the Huge. table. I mean, we, we mentioned Viscano already. He missed one. Matt missed Gay two. missed one on... Viscano missed two out of his five. That's right. Matt Gay missed one on Thursday. 12 missed PATs. It's, it's, um, Crosby missed one in that game. And of course, he missed multiple field goals to win the game. And that's a guy that's no stranger to, to hitting a game-winning field goal. So I don't necessarily fault him like I do some of the other guys because he's been in the league for a long time. But, you know, McPherson was the rookie on the other end of that who thought he, he thought he made the field goal. Had that, was pathi- that, was, moment. that was pathetic. His were a little deeper, I think. So, like, it was pathetic too. But at the same time, he hit the flag. It looked like maybe. Yeah, played. it was a 56. Year, I mean, it was a bomb, but it's swaggy P moment. You ever see I, pop star with Andy Samberg where he shoots and like turns around and, and, and like, his boys yeah. like hype him up big time. Yeah. No, I just 
I, I don't want us to take for granted what a guy like Justin Tucker has done because he's a 90% field goal kicker across his entire career. Yes, he hit a 66 yarder, but it's every other field goal that he's hit his entire career that makes yeah. him that special. So point. I don't know if there's any high school kickers that are listening to our show, but if you are like, it's not just about how big of a leg you have. You have to be able to consistently put the ball through the uprights or else you will be of no value to your team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams out there that need to go kicker shopping, but where do you look? I mean, there's not a ton of guys right now on the open market that are going to be viable options. Otherwise they'd be on teams. Right. So I, I don't know. It, you like to think that there's guys out there because you've got hundreds of colleges. I mean, are they, maybe they're not all the division one level. Maybe there's some at, you know, division one, double a, or there are some on division two, like there's gotta be a better vetting process and seeing if these guys can nail it. Like they, there should be, like a, I guess like a trial where it's like, all right, we're going to put you out there and you're going to have to drill like a hundred kicks and we're going to look at your percentage. That's it. Like that's gotta be the trial process. Well, for well, all to different, me, to all me different it, spots too, like from different exactly. sides, of the hash in the middle, yeah. like different lengths. I mean, cause I toss this is the, the, I think the way you phrase this is excellent because it's not, an, it just isn't enough to have a bomb of a leg. It's like kind of saying I'm sick at yamming but I'm also a dope basketball player that doesn't fully complete that. You know what I'm right. You can enough to just hit from 60 yards. The inside the 40 should be automatic. Right. Right. I mean, it reminds me of our show's title and also our conversation with George Niang recently where he was like, yeah, if you put in enough time, you can be a good free throw shooter. Yeah. And, and yes, like you're not always kicking from the exact same spot, but I, it makes me think that, and this is an assumption here, that they're not spending enough time kicking those PATs in practice, that they're not getting those reps over and over and over again, bombing it, that they're only trying, you know, 52 and, and, and beyond so that they're, so that they can hammer it. But now we've seen, we were just talking about analytics. A lot of times the teams are just going for it on fourth anyway. So what does it really matter? Like you have to be able to put it through the upright when you're between 25 and 46 yards, you have to be able to, it should be over 95%. And, and like other guys are getting second chances all the time. Like Cody Parkey, like how many options, like how many times are we going to give this guy a chance? He missed like a bunch of stuff in the saints game. It's like losersville. It's like no yeah. one else can do this. I don't know. Kicking's weak is kicking. just always been so weak. Like it, it's one of my least favorite parts of the game, to be honest. Like I appreciate Justin Tucker and all he's done. Like I love Guskowski and like Vinatieri was sweet, but outside of like the main guys, it's always been like the lamest part of the game for me. Like I hate losing on a field goal. That just sticks. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just the history of the game. I mean, you can't cut it out of the game. Obviously, I know you want to cut it out of fancy football, but at the same time, I mean, it is football, and we have been playing oh, yeah. with the entire time. It's been a sport. So, hey, yeah, Josh. You can I not just, like it, but I don't if, like it. If it didn't exist, I don't know if I don't know if the Pats are, are two and three. I'm telling you, like, I don't know if they are. Nick Folk had I, an excellent game today. He had a great game today. I mean, he also missed the other one the other weekend, which by the way, he probably should not have been kicking. I think we should have went four and fourth down. I will say that. I did say that. But yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it's great, but also sometimes it stinks. I'm just not, it's like my least favorite part of the game. I don't yeah. think that's a crazy take, um, but no, I'm not saying we poo poo it. Yes. I want to get rid of it in fantasy, but it is a part of the tradition. Nick, no, I'm more, I more so just wanted to bring up that there was a chance that the Pats lost to the Texans today. Yeah. No, believe me. I was, I know I was there. I almost shut my nuts in my laptop. I, I was a part of that. 
the uh, uh, Nick, what do you got for it? Yeah, I know that would that would have been a no point. Yeah, I know. I wasn't happy. Uh, uh, this is this one's kind of an obvious one. It seems like, but it just seems like the Jaguars are going to be picking them one overall again. I mean, this is. I think the second team ever to lose back-to-back games over 20 points. I mean, they're just an abysmal team. They've got a yeah, lot of distractions. Suck. We talked about it last week with Urban Meyer with all the internet drama going on. Um, but at the same time, they're just in no place right now to be winning any football games. They might not win a single game this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what anyone expects. But what do we expect, though? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say to you guys, honestly, that they're the hands down the worst team in football. Really? I don't think Who, so. Who's worse than them? I, I'm not saying I can pinpoint who's worse than them, but I think collectively them, the Jets, the Texans, and the Lions are all really, really bad teams. And and although I don't like what the Jags did today, I actually do think that as much as we're hot and cold on the Titans, they are the best team in that division. They are. Yeah. Okay. What they can do offensively with, you know, even with AJ Brown just being on the field, open things up, you know, and Derrick Henry, of course, King Henry is unbelievable. He's a cheat candidate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's another guy right there. And and Tannehill took a step forward. I, I do think that for me over the last two weeks, watching Trevor play, he is, he is starting to live up to the expectations of his talent. Because he yeah. is, he, he's truly a tremendous talent. What he can do with his legs and, you know, his arm strength and his decision making um, when it's on is there's a reason why he was picked before Zach Wilson because he's just a better quarterback than Zach Wilson is. Like it, it's just, and Zach Wilson, I, he's going to lose them games. And I don't know if Trevor Lawrence at this point, now that he has his feet underneath him, is going to lose that team games in the same sort of capacity that Zach Wilson will lose the Jets games because I think the Jets defense is way better than the Jags defense. I mean, you said it, the Jags defense, they traded CJ Henderson. who was their first round pick. He's the ninth overall pick last year. They traded him for the third round pick and Dan Arnold, the tight end, like Dan Arnold is some special tight end. Hey, Arnold. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Like it's a, like you talk about hitting on your picks, complete waste of a pick traded the him to the Panthers. I mean, Urban Meyer's like humping things. He already was like, he was already a distraction of the USC bit. I mean, that's not his fault. I didn't think they were going to be good to begin with. Like, it's clearly an adjustment period. I think Trevor's going to get better and better. I thought the Etienne pick was dumb because you need to, you need to, you need to shore up your line, whether he's playing or not. And James Uh, Robinson, once again, is like a top five running back in the league. He's crushing it. I mean, they should just put their heads in a blender for that one. Uh, I think Zach Wilson, while he's on the subject of him, I think he's going to be the worst of the five from what I've seen so far. I just really do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that seems pretty clear. All five rookies started today, by the way. Mm -hmm. When they went fields, one fields, one Jones, one. Jones won. Lance lost. Jones is he just if he could take away the turnover margin a little bit, he's going to get there. And we yeah, I mean he's in a he's in a position to succeed. Yeah, I mean for sure, it's going to be up to him. Same thing with Fields; they're both in positions to succeed. They have better teams around them than the rest. Of, well, Lance won't start once Jimmy G gets healthy again, but Fields has been named the the starter, so this is his team going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say my takeaway from the weekend. I'll keep it. I'll change it up from football. If that's cool with you guys. Please. Uh, the fight was great. Fury Wilder three. We won't be getting another one. 
Um, it's unfortunate. I don't, I mean, Alexander can maybe take on Fury, but he's got to fight Joshua again. And if Joshua wins that, then it kind of has to go to Joshua Fury. But I don't even think that match. I really, at this point, would you like Alexander to beat Joshua? Go fight Fury. Cause I think that's the best matchup. And it's the only chance anyone has to beat Fury. Other than that, no, I don't think people will do it. At least while he's in his prime. He's just so slippery and so fast. He's great. He's fast. He's slippery. I think the biggest thing, though, is that it's just impossible to knock him out. I feel like that he's the type of guy, like, you can punch him as hard as you can. He's just not going to, I mean, he's going to go down, but he's just one of those guys that's built that way. I mean, he's one of the biggest guys out there, one of the most powerful guys out there. And you're looking at a guy like Wilder, who's known for his knockout power, can't even get it done. Knocked him down twice in the fourth round. Knocked him down twice in the fourth round. The guy's got a right hand that's literally a small freight train. And he can't take Fury out. I mean, that is that is also a part of it, a major part of it. Like, if you, you can't knock him out. He also, like, moves like a Russian nesting doll. Like, like That's his fast. It's the Ali effect. Like, Ali. Watch Ali's. But, go back, watch Ali's tape. Ali's moving. Like, yeah, but I, I even, I even think that, like, when target. I watched... When I watched Ali, though, like when I watched tape of Ali or I watched tape of the majority of fighters out there, their peak athleticism, like the way they move is in such a fluid way. And his his movement is like herky jerky and it's abnormal, but it works for him. Like it just is different to me aesthetically, but it's as effective, if not more effective, because I have no idea what he's going to do. And I can imagine that the people opposite of him in the ring they feel the exact same way. Well, that's the kicker. Like it's very unpredictable, which makes his offense very unpredictable. So you don't really know what he's up to defensively. So it can set up the jab or the straight punch or a right hook. It just sets up so many different options with him punching. Um, He's, he's, he's pretty special. In the ring and, and something awesome to watch. He's a great character. I just love it. I just wish there was somebody I felt that confident enough that could go in and get it done. I felt Wilder was that guy, but after the second fight, not so much. And you pretty much knew going into this one that Fury was going to take care of business, barring a miracle. Um, and he just gassed him. Like Wilder was dazed and confused by round seven. It's honestly, it's miraculous that he made it to round 11 or as far as he did. I, I thought he was toast at one point. Like he was stumbling around the ring, but kudos to him because that guy took an F and beating. Uh, and then I will say that I baseball is exciting. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's not watching playoff baseball should give it a shot because losers. things are, they're not losers. They're, they should just Suckers watch them. Losers. No, they should watch because tonight, well, I guess today, I guess you could you could go turn it on probably right now. The Braves and the Brewers are playing their third game. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the Red Sox just won in extra innings. The White Sox were down 2-0, backs against the wall, and then they put up 12 runs, came back in their game. Like <laughs> it's exciting. There's a lot of a lot of good baseball going on right now. It's the playoffs. This is where every game counts, and that's when when sports is really at its best. There's also a lot of bad officiating going on, too. The <laughs> There's, you could arguably say that the umpires really screwed the Astros in that game. Now, I, I was pulling for the White Sox. They did hit a lot of home runs. They did score a lot. But there was an inning, I think it was the third inning, that they pretty much put all their runs together. And there was like three 
missed straight calls on Yasmani Grandal. And he ends up hitting a home run at, at bat. It was a two-run home run. And they just can't get out of that inning, right? And then there's another play with Yasmani Grandal where the ball is hit down the first baseline. The man's coming in from third. Yasmani Grandal runs way inside the baseline. And the first baseman tries to throw it to home. And it hits Grandal. And they didn't call him out. And usually that would be interference. But they said he wasn't running too far outside the baseline. Yeah. And the White Sox score run. So there was some pretty bad officiating. And there's always issues with umpires, you know, with the strike zone. But it was really evident. And you just you can't have it be like that in the postseason, right? I mean, that's you can't have umpires determine the outcome of these games. And so I was noticing that. And there was bad officiating in the NFL, too. There were so many flags going on. So yeah. many flags going on in the Kansas City Bills game. Brutal. So many flags going on in even in the Chargers game. I mean, it's just left and right, left and right, left and right. Like just let yeah. the people play. Yeah, we were we were talking before we all got on the air officially about the roughing the. I mean, the the Chiefs go and they score. They cut it to, or they cut it to eleven, and then you know, they, they get that roughing the pass around Josh Allen on that third down where he's in his own end zone. And it was not a, it was not a roughing the passer. The chargers had a very fortunate DPI call against them. Mike, that Mike Williams drew that looked to be kind of a touch, touch play. I mean, it's just everything's so sensitive at this point where if you're a defender, like it's just the odds are stacked against you every single play and uh, you better get your head around. Cause if you don't get your head around, you have no chance. Yeah, I don't even care if the ball is not catchable. It doesn't matter at this point. Red Sox right. game too. I felt the officiating was kind of weak, to be honest. The guy strikes home was all over the place. I, I honestly, to I, I know I'm a Sox fan. I thought Manuel Margot was safe when they threw him out at second base, and then that in that ground rule double, where it bounced off Renfro and like into the stands, right? Was what? Yeah. That was a tough call. That was how, it, how about your boy Mookie though throwing throwing the runner out at third? That was unbelievable. Yeah, he's, Mookie's the best dude. He's so good every facet of the game. I will say just round robin quickly on like all those matchups and then we'll rock and roll unless anyone wants to touch on anything that I'm gonna say. Dodgers got the Giants tonight with Scherzer on the hill. I think the Giants are in a world of hurt. And I don't think that's a very cold, very hot take. Uh, I think that was worst case scenario for the Rays losing that game. Not only was it a swing game, now the Red Sox have the advantage being in Fenway Park in in the deciding game of the series. They also used a a, a massive amount of their bullpen, which they were going to use a bullpen game in game four. So they went deep into their bullpen in that last game, which is not advantageous for their game plan for game four. Um, as far as the Braves go, Max Fried has been one of the best pitchers in baseball in the second half and it hasn't been talked about. He threw an absolute gem the other night. Uh, and again, I think the Brewers Brave series is great. I think it's a really good matchup. Um, that, that to me is anyone's and as a Red Sox fan, I was happy the White Sox won because I needed a dash just to slow down a little bit. They are such a juggernaut and like, had they won that game, swept them and got the rest and let those guys, you know, obviously take a chill and get their starters back to full tilt. I mean, to me, they're the scariest team. I know the white Sox did some damage today and they could easily tie it and go two two. and for all I know, take the series, but in the AL, I'm most afraid of the Astros right now. And obviously worst comes to worst. We have to play the Dodgers in the world series, but like, I, th- I think that's, I think those are the scariest teams. I think that Astros teams have been saying it for a while is no one's talked about them the whole season. They got no attention, but that lineup at least one through seven is the best I think I've ever seen. 
Yeah, no, I think those are all valid takes. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I don't think that the Giants are in a world of hurt because they've put together a pretty interesting season. So it's great. Um, I'm really not going to count them out. And um, Scherzer pitched a really good game in that wild card game that they had against the Cardinals. Um, but if the Dodgers bats, you know, don't wake up this game, then it could be the same situation. So you never know. I mean, they definitely put up a lot of runs last game, but they could go back to falling asleep at the wheel. You never know. It's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's just an interesting reminder that second game for the Dodgers that like as bad as a year that Cody Bellinger's had, he's still on their team and he's still heading for them. And at any given bat at bat, like he can be a great hitter, you know? And it's just, that's tough when it's the eighth batter in the order. I mean, yeah. look, when he gets a hold of one, it's going to go pretty far, right? I mean, yeah. he knows how to hit the baseball, but his swing, there's just no variety. It's not like he goes, it's not like it. he goes with the pitch, right? It's, it's a make or break swing. Right. Either going to be a strikeout or it's going to be hit really hard. It's like, honestly, it's kind of similar to draw it back to the comparison that you're saying with kicking. Like it's just not enough to hit the 60 yard field goal. Like his swing kind of reminds me of that in that situation where he's just going golfing every time he's just trying to hit a effing. He's just trying to bomb it to the green every time, which, Hey, look, you get like Nick is saying, he gets a hold of one of the things that thing's going to the moon, but I think it's really hindered his game heavily. And I would love to see him make an adjustment to his swing. Um, But yeah, go socks. You guys want to add anything else? No, I just NBA is about to start. So look for some sketchy officiating there as well. Yeah. Oh, we got to do our NBA preview next time. So be prepared for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, we'll do that. We could do it on the radio as well, which would be great. And there's some great news coming for our radio show guys. So yeah, get excited for that. We'll probably announce it when we're allowed to in January. So in three months. <laughs> yeah, and if you're looking for a, uh, just, just be ready for oh, when we're allowed to announce it for everyone <laughs> who wants to know when we're going to do that. <laughs> it's in January. <laughs> and if you're looking for a Texas, OU recap, be sure to check out our sister pod horns up talking Texas with Quan Cosby, because we will for sure be deep diving into that game, crying a little bit, but also looking ahead because they've got Oklahoma state next weekend. So it's, it's, it's not a game after another. It's not at like we still it, win the big 12. It's not over. No, they won the big 12. Right, we, we could see them again and ruin their, and ruin their dinner. And I'm yeah. There's that. multiple segments in our show though. So like first segment cry, second segment, Interv- talk. interview Malik Jefferson's going to be there. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be a good. Be cool. Yeah, he's going to have his horns up. Are you guys? Yeah. Are you Nick? Let me see him before we go. These are my horns. But but look, guys, be be ready for this information that we're going to drop to you when it's ready <laughs> about our about our radio show and and maybe even always wear a second pair of underwear because you never know what can happen when you hear the news. Don't do that. That sounds uncomfortable. Or at least have one handy, right? You, like you. Your, your, I, Double undies, not double undies, but double socks. Keep one, keep one, Here's you know a guy that wears double underwear, like Chris <laughs> Collinsworth talking about Nick wearing two pairs of underwear. Is you, you can't ever have enough underwear, right? Like, that's true. It, you can underpack for underwear, but you can't overpack for underwear. That's true. So be prepared. Look, I let them know. Like, two months, months a, three months. Do January. I always keep a spare pair of underwear in my car at all times? Maybe. Because you never know when shit hits the fan or your pants. Um, and on that note, 
fans out there, drag both feet in bounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they free. Be prepared for the big news in January and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We actually love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.